Hello, welcome to the Irish Left Archive podcast. In this episode, we speak to two members of the Irish Anarchist Network, Nestor and Sarno. The Irish Anarchist Network was formed in 2022 by a number of independent anarchists. We discuss the formation and growth of the network and how they went about organising and structuring it, their orientation towards direct action and the balance between practical activism and theoretical discussion, their own individual backgrounds and attraction to anarchism, and contemporary issues in Irish society and approaches to the far right. You can find out more about the Irish Anarchist Network on their Instagram at irish underscore anarchist underscore network or Twitter at Crata Ireland, A-C-R-A-T-A Ireland. Our guests also mentioned a trans squat in Dublin, which you can support by getting in touch on Instagram at macabratz. There'll be links to each of those in the podcast notes as well. You'll find the Irish Left Archive at leftarchive.ie. As ever, we welcome your feedback on the podcast and on the project generally. You can get in touch with us by email at contact at leftarchive.ie. You'll also find us on federated social media. So if you use Mastodon or Pixelfed or any similar service, uh, you can follow us at ila at leftarchive.ie. And you can also see our profile and posts at posts.leftarchive.ie. So many thanks to both our guests for taking the time to talk to us. And thanks for listening. Thank you both for joining us. So maybe you can give us a bit of background about the Irish Anarchist Network and how it formed to begin with. Uh, I can go ahead with that. So what happened was during the pandemic, some people, we ended up talking online. Some was from various political groups, different uh, different mm-hmm. groups on the left, but we were all anarchists. So we, we would chat, like we'd be more just chatting away about whatever, but it would always be with an anarchist perspective, just keeping up to date with each other. And we ended up, we decided to have a, a meet-up, and we met up, a few of us met up, and we continued these meet-ups just as more of a social thing, but the topic conversation kept coming up about, like, the WSM, like, you know, what, what happened WSM? Like, it's still mm. a massive question, like, you know, a lot of us would be inspired by the WSM and the work they did, like, you know, mm. and we just decided to form our own group. We kind of all met one day and said, look, we'll, we'll actually chat over, because like a lot of people who are involved in political organizing will know like it's like it's a lot of a lot of work like you're going to do it right yeah. it's it's a, like it's like a part-time job like hmm. yeah so the majority of us were like yeah we all come from different backgrounds but we we thought that was a benefit so we had all different ways of thinking about situations and from different backgrounds and different areas but at the time we were all from we were all based in Dublin some of us were from outside some of us from surrounding counties and stuff from there, we decided that if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. So we weren't just going to be like, you know, a click, like a anarchist click, like you see a lot of that. Mm. Um, so we went together starting, like, what are the like, foundations that we want to start this on? Like, where do we want to go? So we started with uh, what we don't want to do. And from there, we ended up forming uh, policies and procedures. So we came at it from the mindset that we're going to pretend for argument's sake now while we're forming that there's 200 of us mm. and we need to organize 200 people that are going at five or six different campaigns or there's different things going on so that's the attitude we took so we have a good foundation before mm. we start bringing in people from outside the group to join so we set up a policy and procedures handbook at this stage there was probably there was under a, I won't get into the numbers now but at the time there was under a dozen of us and mm. um, so we did that, 
and yeah, that's kind of since then it's just kind of gone crazy. Like, like our numbers really swell. Like we saw that there was at the there was like a gap in the political market for an anarchist group. Like, and we kind of realized like officially like there is other anarchist groups. Like, but for the scale and for like the seriousness that we are talking about, as in like being official and taking everything like as an actual group like a party but without being a platformist like everything was structured like mm-hmm. i'd say we're probably we I'd say, I'd say we are the only one in the country like we just we didn't realize when we started it's like puts a lot of pressure like everyone's kind of watching you like every all the anarchists are watching you anyway like so don't fuck this up and um, but we we when we we're putting this together and we're deciding what direction we we're going to take we we decided to look into other groups like what groups are today are still around and how did they survive like what are their policies procedures like how did they how are they still fucking here like mm. as opposed to why is the worker solidarity movement not here and mm. clearly there was numbers because we had numbers like straight away like um so we we did a lot of studying like it was slow like it was really slow like you're talking like months mm. of analyzing and studying things and like some people were more into that than others, but that's kind of how we set things up. But when we wrote the policy procedures book, like I, I can't like for anyone that's interested in setting up a group that's non hierarchical that actually mm. makes decisions quickly and efficiently and does tasks quickly and efficiently. Like organizing as an anarchist, like from a non hierarchical point of view, is difficult. So once you have that structure there, it's really, really fucking easy. But you need to make sure that everything in that policy book everything in those procedures that you have is adjustable. So someone could bring up at a meeting, I don't like that. Mm. And we'll be like, okay, what's the alternative? What do you think? And we'll chat about it and we'll change it. So it serves us, we don't serve it. But it's a good framework for larger personalities coming to the group that can't take over, decisions can't be made. So one of the major rules is decisions can't be made for um, for decisions in the group, basically, can't be made by one person. It has to be brought in an official meeting. Um, so we decide to go from there. We break things off a lot into committees. So people are like, oh, geez, there's so many committees. Like, you know, we don't have to be part of all of them. But if you're interested, say, for example, I come forward and say I want to do, you know, I don't know, anything, food bank. Hmm. Um, bring this forward to the group and talk about the logistics of it. Do we have the resources to do it? Hmm. And then we'll say, like, who's interested in doing that? And some of the people go, I'm interested in doing that. And the rest of them might go, I'm not interested in doing it, but like, I don't block you. I support you doing it. So we'll be shown into, we'll throw up a committee and we'll make decisions going from there and we'll keep the main group updated on the committee's dealings during official meetings. Right. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. we come forward with proposals. If those proposals aren't blocked um, and if everyone's okay with it, you go ahead, form your committee, do whatever your task is and update the group on how that's going. Anyone, even if you come into the group after that committee's been formed, you can still join. You'll be told what committees are going on, Hmm. like what you're interested in and stuff like might might come up, you know. Hmm. So we wanted to have it so decisions could be made. We found that a lot of the time in non-hierarchical organizations, um, decision-making is just so fucking slow. Like, it's it's really difficult now, we could go in. We could all like, if if it's a, if it's a real snap decision, you could you could contact one of the committees or whatever. And be like, oh, we need to make a decision on this right now, and the committee will decide. Do you know? But they're still answerable to the group. Someone could go, that's terrible, and we'll try to reverse it or we'll discuss it. And um, we haven't come to any 
disagreements, major disagreements around them, to be honest with you, because our hearts are all in it. Like, we're all coming mm. from the same place. Like, I know what my comrades are going to think of something. Right. Now, that doesn't say that we don't disagree with each other. There's people, we do disagree with each other. But we always come to a compromise. We always settle. And it's nice. Like, it's really nice to be in a space where everyone can be heard, even the ones that may not have, may not be used to their opinion mattering. Do you know, they may not be used to people going, what do you think, you know? So that is nice. So from there, we um, we got involved. We kind of put our shoulder behind different things that were already gone going. Mm. We kind of stayed quiet about it. So we were active a little bit, kind of did our own thing. Um, and then we started kind of, started really using the Instagram then to kind of show people what we're about. And yeah, that's basically where we're at at the moment. You mentioned there, um, you know, the WSM and other groups. Were were you kind of modelling your approach on either of you having previous experience of organising or of what not to do um, because of other groups or anything like that? Um, I've I've organised things in the past. Um, I've never organised something from an organisation point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So no, like I I'd be organisationally minded anyway. I always mm-hmm. like structure. Like, which is, is which is really funny for like an anarchist to say, but I do like I do I like I like things making sense. I like things to be ordered, you know. Um, when we're doing something, we're gonna do it. We're gonna collectively make decisions, do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we didn't really base it off WSM. Like we've talked to a lot of ex-members, and like everyone has something different to say. Yeah. And we just we we kind of looked at WSM, and we we have so much respect for WSM. Mm. But we, we didn't form ourselves um, and base anything that we do off WSN. Okay. In in terms of in terms of in, of across the islands, I mean, there are still other groups extant, like uh, organising. There's a dairy anarchist group, I think, or a group of yeah. dairy anarchists. And would you, as a network, how do you interact with them, or do you interact with them, or how does that work? Since we started becoming a bit like. I wouldn't say like known because we're not mm. well known, but we'd be noticed by other anarchists throughout the country. Um, we keep in contact with individual anarchists yeah. from around the country, um, anarchists in Belfast, Galway, Donegal, Cork, the likes of it. We don't really meet a lot of groups. I think a lot of groups that war around have either gone stagnant or life just got in the way, which is just kind of the way it is. Like, so we don't actually we don't actually meet a ton of groups, but yeah. we do end up meeting groups that aren't, say, anarchists or like socialist libertarian. They aren't, right. but then you start talking to them, and they're like, "Oh, we're anarchists, Jason," and it's like, "You are anarchists. Just say it. Just say you're an anarchist." Like, <laughs> you know, we do get a lot. We get a lot of that. Like, we get people from like people for profit, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm actually an anarchist as well." Or like, right. "Yeah, there's a group right here for you." Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, we like I we I haven't met the Derry anarchists, but I do know they exist. Like I know the wall was painted. Like we were only in Derry recently. Mm. We went, to, we were invited up, and um, we were invited up for the Radical Book Fair in Derry. Yeah, and um, the response was really positive. I actually, I, I, I actually personally had a great experience in Derry. Mm. Bloody Sunday match was the next day, so um, we were accommodated for the night, which was really nice. And uh, we met some an anarchist group from. Uh, I think they're from the northeast of England. Right. Really so, nice yeah, bunch. Yes. Yeah, clicked with them like clicked with them like they were members. Right. You know, just because we're all yeah. just on the same page. Um and met a lot of met a lot of interesting 
politics while we're in Derry, like drinking. We just, I'm just went drinking in the pubs and just chatting to people. We didn't, we didn't give a fuck who we're talking to. We're just down. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's how politics is done, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. we, like to, we definitely like to make friends more than we like to make enemies. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, but as sense. far as other groups go, like we said from the start that if another group came to us or another set of individuals came to us, that we would we would give up our policy book immediately, our policy procedures book. I'm look at me going on about this book, but like we would try and help them any way we can, right, even if we're right. getting absolutely nothing out of it. Yeah, just to see some sort of like structure there, like see mm-hmm. another group, you know. So I think as far as politics goes, I don't think you'll see many political parties that want to prop up another political party. But mm-hmm. like from an anarchist perspective, it makes sense. Like we yeah. really want to support other anarchists and other anarchist yeah, groups. Absolutely, and. We would love to organize with other groups uh, more directly, and I mean that's what a, what anarchism is about is about helping each other. That raises another angle as well. Like I mean, off the islands. I mean, just in terms of internationally. I mean, is there any sense of is linking up either in a broader European context or beyond Europe's borders? We get contacted quite a bit from anarchists abroad. Um, right. From online, a lot of it would be through social medias or through mm. different uh, platforms online, and mm. there's always solidarity. Like, like we would we we would have contact with some members in the IWW. Mm. Um, we ha- we'd have contacts with. Uh, we've got messages from anarchists in Ukraine. We've got messages from. We've got sent stuff from um, online from stuff uh, from anarchists in Budapest, and we get like, we get sent a lot. I'm trying to think now, like. Loads. There's always solidarity. Like, there's, mm. it's you'll find that on the left, though, when you're talking about radical politics. Anyway, like, you know. Yeah. But yeah, we do. We we get a lot. Like, I'm sure if I reached out, there would always be solidarity there. We don't see ourselves as disconnected at all. Like, like I'm sure if I left and I moved to God anywhere, went to Cologne, and mm. um, I'd probably be in an anarchist group within a week. Right. Because yeah. we're there's such a connection there. Like, you know, the politics is the same. The policies are the same. If they're not, then you're it's not an anarchist group. Would you regard like the IAN's function in a sense first and foremost to promote anarchism on the island or Yeah. I mean, in a sense, like what are your aims? This is funny. We 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 get this a bit. So we have we have like we joke and call it a manifesto. Hmm. Um like a manifesto <laughs> or a mandate. Um but like to be honest with you like we wrote it and we found we were quite limited by it. Right. So we can't just ignore it. Like if the group is happy to do something, we could like we could switch directions on a dime. Like right. we're very like it's very adaptable. Like we're very adaptable. We mm. probably should rewrite another one, but it's not really on a top priority list. Like yeah. at the end of the day, like there's a general consensus that we're anarchists and we want to support other anarchists. Mm. We want to help communities. That doesn't have to be a location. The community could be like the trans community or yeah. whatever community. Um want to help support them whatever way we can and Absolutely. affront mm. confront um fascism racism xenophobia and um, transphobia like yeah. so yeah we're we're kind of uh, we're a little bit we're a little bit like all encompassing but that's 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 not necessarily due to design mm. but we just kind of adapted like we weren't being like oh guys this is what we have written in the mandate which is like piece of shit with the mandate like yeah. We just this is an issue that's come up, or us. This opportunity's come up to help these people, or and we're going to just do that for exactly. We're going to set up and, a committee for this, so we're going to set up a committee for that. And, you know, 
like an octopus with so many tentacles, like not a snake. <laughs> only go one way. And not only that, it just changes. The situation is different every time. So mm. we got to adapt. It basically what you said, Nestor. But it's about most importantly adaptability because situations change. Every day is different, mm. and we got to act on that. Yeah. Would you say, um, in that case, I suppose that you're more orientated towards the direct needs of activism rather than, say, I don't know, if, are you spending time discussing your theoretical position in these things, or are you more focused on campaign? Um, that's a good question, actually. I would say the direct need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we, to be fair, though, we do we do have committees that are solid in what they are doing. Mm. You know, this is the thing. Like, you're, you're, we're t- when we're talking about the IAN, um, you're talking about loads of committees, like, all doing different things and all connected. Mm. This is why we're a network. Like, every individual is autonomous. That's why we're a network. You know, mm. um, so like, even if someone wanted to do something, and the group's like, oh, we, we don't have the resources or time, or no one else wants to do it. That individual is more than welcome to do it on their own. We'll encourage it, even if a couple of members are like, I'm going to do this, and like, we don't have the time. Right? Like, well, we're not doing it, so we're going to do it. Okay, grand. Mm. Totally support you doing that. That's fine. We're just not going to do it with, like, as part of Ian or the IAN because, like, not using any of our resources. Or So, like, yeah, it's a tough one to ask. We react to, we're, we react to the ongoing situation, but we always have our committees that are always solid in what they are doing, the work they are doing. Yeah. So it's a blend of direct activism and then a, a, a sort of reflective aspect going on all the time behind well, the, that, I, as it were. I suppose the reflective aspect is that, like we have meetings, like official meetings quite a lot, and we've discussed things there. Like no one comes into the group with like bad intent. You know, we, yeah. we not to say like vetted, but we know who's coming into the group before they've joined. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Like you can join and you'll be like a prospective member or potential member. Mm. And it's just so we know, we get a chance to know them and see what they're about and make sure that they know who we are and what we're about mm. to make sure we all mend. You know, we don't want someone coming in and being like, oh, I actually think uh, ID politics is a lot of shite. Like, right. And then just an issue yeah. straight away. Like, you know, yeah. so we, we get to know them really well before they join. Or we try to get them well. We like everyone, well, most of us to meet them mm. um, before they join. Um, when you're talking about like looking like about like a lot of theoretical talk doesn't it? it goes on in the social setting you mm. know a lot of it goes on like and a lot of it is like oh i haven't read that what did you think of that like you know yeah. we haven't uh, but we are we are like we are all like very of the mindset of direct action i suppose yeah yeah um, the only issue we have like i think every group is having now at the moment is with the rise of what's going on and mm. um, with like I don't mind saying it, like the Irish Freedom Party and the Nationalist Party storing up, um, yeah, storing mm-hmm. up uh, divisions and communities, and that I think uh, we're probably not the only group that thinks this. But I think this, in, like, I have to remind you that everything I say, I can't speak to the whole group. Mm. Do you know, this is just me as a member. But I personally feel like um, there's a fear probably in most leftist politics that um, what's going on now with the rise of fascism in Ireland and abroad as well, I'm sure other groups have the same problem as that. We don't want to limit, take away resources from other projects mm. just to fight them. Mm. 
because then those projects are suffering and the, the people who are trying to work with are suffering because because these guys are are kicking up stink and we have to spend time meeting them on the street or do you know what yeah. I mean? yeah. checking social media posts see what's going on so we can inform other people yeah you know um so yeah but i think that's always going to be there's always going to be something going on at the time that's going to take a little bit of your attention away did you find as an organization that was formed coming out of well i mean we're not out of the pandemic but through that period did that help or hinder you just start i think up? it helps right yeah i think it helped. i think it definitely helped i think a lot of people were doing a lot of uh self-analysis of where they are what their priorities are what they want to do like what actions you want to take like the world's all going like everything just stopped now you have to think like like is this really what you want to be doing or do you want to be working towards something else exactly it it really did i think people started to understand um in some way uh where well how things truly are capitalism is the big elephant on the room mm. and the pandemic just made it worse yeah the elephant is just bigger and bigger yeah. every day oh, every day yeah exactly yeah but like i don't think for me personally for like i don't think um even a lot of people who would know me well like really well from the iam i don't think they'd even recognize me politically from before the pandemic Really, um, gave gave a lot of people a lot of time to study, look mm. into where they're at. Like the social scene is dead, and yeah, you know, like politics in Ireland have been a mess like yeah. for years before that. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, I think I'd been an anarchist before, but I don't think I realised how how much of an anarchist I actually was, or how radical I actually was. Right, not the radicals are not word, but like, mm. like how much I actually am hungry for change. I don't think a lot of people realise how hungry for change they are until yeah. everything stops. Until you weren't busy anymore. Yeah. Or as busy. Do you know? I think you'll find that with a lot of groups. A lot of the individuals, a lot of activists, they got really hungry during the pandemic. Like, do you have like, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but I mean, do you have recommended reading lists or was there a sense of like, as a, as a network, that there was things that you would recommend to people and say, look, have a read of that now obviously you've got your own public your own internal publications mm. but was there a, something that you'd say to new members i personally when i'm talking to new members i don't yeah um because i don't want i'm my i i'm not great at like i'm great at talking to people who are anarchists i'm not great at like convincing people to be anarchists yeah like it'll just mm. i don't want to, i don't really i just don't I don't have patience like some people are just better teachers than others like there are members of the group that are fantastic like they blow mm. your mind mm. with the information they know um and really make you think but i'm already there i think um no it's a good question actually no i don't <laughs> I, I there is people that try to come into that have tried to come into the group in the past and we're still really friendly with them like, mm. they come along to things and, like, they'd be friends of ours, like, and mm. um, I consider them friends, um, mm. but they're not members, and they might be for a number of reasons, but, like, like you know, very early on their political journey, they don't really know where they fall. So, yeah. like, we were with one, and um, one of the lads came over trying to sell us a Trotsky newspaper. Right. And he was like, well, should I not buy that? And I was like, oh, buy it. Go ahead, read it. Like, I, mean, like, I want you to like, read it. Like, I'm not, like, Jesus. Mm. Um like it's all this is your journey like you know we're going to be a part of that that's that's fine if, you're, if not that's fine like, we're still friends like, you know so i don't be like read this how much you think but more like like let me know what you think and if mm. we're 
if we were on the same page and like cool uh not only that uh but i mean let's say for a new member i wouldn't say to read something i think being an anarchist doesn't it doesn't have to you don't have to have a set reading and all mm. before you become an anarchist read this this and that now i think what matters the most how should i, uh, should I say this what matters is that you have it in your heart in some mm. way this will this sounds really cheesy but no. <laughs> <laughs> but because at the end of the day when we look at past let's say even 19th century i'm going a little well a little in the past but mm. even in the 19th century uh we see anarchists working class anarchists not necessarily reading something mm. sometimes yeah of course there are but most of the time times they just took it with their own hands we demand this we demand that uh yeah. we want our basic needs met and most of it i think what matters is that in some way of course there yeah. are like some accessible reads mm. uh that are i mean for example the anarchist program by malatesta is an excellent uh, introduction mm. well, not um, even that if you wanted to go like not even reading materials but if you wanted to look on like even like just information on youtube like the amount of people exactly. that the amount of people that their first interaction was like zoe baker or mark mm. killjoy this is mark killjoy's podcast mm. like it, it's it's entertainment and then it's like oh actually and they read into it there yeah that's interesting because so in other words like there is a sort of both of you to say there was a uh an ecology of anarchists and anarchist adjacent materials which are now available freely available for people to get into and it's not just as you say restricted to um academia yeah and academia and what have you yeah or history well like the way the way i approach anarchism i think a lot of like i hate using so much like the new generation of anarchists Mm. um like it's less academic it's more like roots based it's more on the street based it's more level and the way I first approached it, like the way I would descri- describe it would be like, it's uh, anarchism is based in love. It's like love for other people, mm. like love for the planner. Mm. And you can't have that love for other people until you first take out like hierarchies. And then that accompanies capitalism. Mm. And then you're talking about like, is, your, is the love that you're going to have for other people, is that going to be across borders? Well, now borders are a problem. Do you see what I mean? Mm, yeah. it, it develops from a sense of like expanding what you consider to be your community. Like yeah. your community central to you is really important. It's important to me and it should be important. Mm. Like, but, and not just like location wise, but like your community, like who welcomes you like, mm. and who do you welcome? But expand that mm. and expand that and expand that and expand that. And you'll eventually come to the, you'll actually eventually come to, oh God, I'm an anarchist. Yeah. Do you know, the systems we have in place now aren't serving people. And if they are serving people, they're, they're destroying other people. So mm. that's not love. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? I know yeah. it sounds really cheesy and like, with a, with a silly Dublin accent, it sounds like, it sounds like a goose, but like, no, no. that is where it comes from though. It's a care. Like, like I don't, I don't care if you are a, 93 year old man living in Ghana 
I have so much more in common with you than I do have like not in common with you. Do you understand what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like I care about that person. Yeah. And I think that's where really coming from. I think a lot of people who are anarchists would would it's it's cross borders. Like if there's an issue going on in like like what we have going on in like in Turkey now at the moment, they had the earthquakes in Turkey and in North Syria. Like that's I'm like that's really upsetting. Like, mm. and a lot of people mm. can, might be able to turn that off because they're conditioned to. Because I oh, can't do anything, but you can still care. Even if you can't do anything, like you just care. Like that's really concerning. Like, and that's the humanity in us. Like, mm. I think we need to need to embrace that humanity. That's where I would see anarchism: it's embracing humanity, like embracing the humanity inside yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Mm. It's it's interesting as well when you suggest. You know, even go on YouTube and look at some stuff that the, the issue you can have sometimes politically with with having that purely academic approach is, well, this is how the right are recruiting. So surely we should be creating channels to other directions via, you know, the algorithms and things, shouldn't we? Yeah, 100%. But you don't want to you see the problem. Like, academia is great for like political studies and mm. like for studying anarchism. Like if that's what you're into, that's fantastic. Mm. But we don't want anarchism as a movement to be solely academic because you're, all you're doing is isolate isolating people who aren't like don't have access to that academia like people Absolutely. who no I just, mm. I just I just I can't be bothered reading through like I'm not reading a book every week it's just not happening yeah. or someone who can't read or someone who doesn't have access yeah or someone who mm. doesn't even know what the hell they're even supposed to start with mm. so academia does have its place 100% yeah. it does but well you don't want to be not, reinventing the wheel like so no, but that's not hundred percent, hundred percent. But that's like academia isn't where the whole movement should be based. The whole movement shouldn't be based around academia. Yeah, yeah. no, like that's just not the way. Like if you're gonna if you're, if you're gonna isolate people from the working class, like, like some people can study anarchism. They can do it forty hours a week, and they've done it like twenty years, and that's mm. what they do. What are people like have jobs, or kids? Like, yeah, you're isolating yeah, those people. Like you're not an anarchist because you haven't read these 300 books yeah. do you know like come on like uh, yeah true true and most of the change most of the change is done in in the streets uh not mm. to say that of course there are and like Nestor said as well uh academia is a really important part but most of it is done on the streets and not to say um even if you can't go to the streets, you can still be part of it some yeah. in some way. And every part yeah. is essential. Mm. Every part is essential for the change to happen. Mm. But we can't solely just focus on academia as, as the, I guess, the savior. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know I get what you're I get what you're saying. Like you can't. Like even if I can't, I can't help. What's going on? Um, the earthquakes or I can't financially it's not viable for me to donate to a reasonable mm. cause I can still like when I'm having a conversation with a workmate and they're like saying something that's just wrong or yeah. whatever about the subject I, I, I can still I, I'm not there but I can still go no that's wrong you need to address that this is actually what's happened yeah. this is why you care do you know like who said it someone said it I think it was someone from WSM said like not to say that um, people on the street aren't important mm. but like Someone's sitting in their bedroom making a poster, like a graphic designers for every campaign, no matter what side, like where you are in the compass, 
are mm. so vitally important. Mm. Do you know? Exactly. So you can always be a part of it. You can mm. always be a part of it. Now, you're both talking about the streets. Do you want to broadly speak about like your approach to campaigning in, in, in that respect and your activism in that respect? Yeah, we prioritise direct actions. Yeah. So direct actions, when we say the streets, we mean like going out into the field or like, sure. do you know I mean? It's all the same thing. It's like actually got to leave in your bedroom. Like actually yeah. doing something on, you know, working like, um, so that could be anything. During the really bad cold snap, we tried to raise together some people to donate timber mm. for people who need it. Like it's, it's a source of fuel that people can heat their homes with. Like not everyone has. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a burn it, but like it's, it's, it's something like, do you know I mean, if we're going to go down that road, we're going to be like, oh, we need heat, no, we need gas canisters. We need we were like, no, we'll focus on timber right now. Mm. And we got a few donations and people reached out and we went and we dropped this to them. Some of our members had cars, so we went out. Some people collected it. Some people went out, dropped it in cars. And then there was a remainder that some of us went out and we were like, just in case we don't make enough, we'll, we'll break up some pallets. Mm. We're going to a dust estate with pallets sitting around skips and we'll break them up, sort of burnable burnable chunks we'll bag them up and we'll make up the difference if we need it and wow. we actually had people reach out to us even then like we, we didn't have anywhere to put it so we like <laughs> we had to put them in drops around the city yeah. and we advertised the drops online with the timber it's there and we actually got reached out someone's like oh what? like they were living in a squat mm. and um like we love squats so we're like yeah <laughs> they were like oh we need it really badly or whatever well not not so many words they ask but they did you still have any left so we're like yeah 100 so i went and picked it all up and mm. dropped it so and we've made a really we met some like really nice people doing that like you know so yeah we are like and that felt better that felt better than any match i've been at mm. in front of the doll mm. you know that actually made that actually made a difference like even if it was just for an evening someone yeah. was just a little bit warmer the direct action i love direct action mm. you know it's real change like it's not like i'm not asking a politician to give them more fuel or to give them heat like i'm just taking it like, do you know what i mean yeah. i'm just giving it to them i mean it's, why the fuck am i asking for? yeah do you know and if you had that attitude everything what are you asking for yeah i'm asking like i'm not looking for votes i don't have to ask do you know what i mean like yeah and what am i gonna do like if i do get something take something one day it's that someone's like and i get caught or whatever i'm doing like yeah i sound real dodgy now but do you know what i mean like it's it's only mm. stuff like your it's only timber or pallets or, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. so what? I guess slap on the wrist or someone tells me fuck off. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. You know, someone else now has heat. Someone else is warm. Someone else is fed. Do you know? Exactly. Someone else knows that there's other people there that care about them. Right. See how that, like, that's, right. and there is communities, like, maybe, like, there is communities, like, location-wise, but just communities, like, like, if you look, like, there's communities that are so isolated. Mm. Like, even for example, if you look at the work of the SWA, SWAII, like they're the sex workers, um, yeah, union, like they get no voice whatsoever. Why? Because everyone looking for votes is afraid to touch them. You know, we'd love to work with them. We haven't done anything with them yet. Mm. I would love to work with them. Mm. You know, bring in the isolated communities. Like bring them to me. Like, mm. You know. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's about taking care of each other. And... 100%. Meeting the needs of the community of the communities, mm. so yeah, we are, we are not asking for permission because basic needs should be met no matter what. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like Kropotkin wrote a, a Christmas poem, mm. and it was about stealing presents to give kids. 
right. from the shops. And it's like, mm. what's the problem with that? Like, do you know, especially if we're talking about like large multinationals, it gives a shite. Like, mm. do you know, once it makes someone give someone comfort, like, do you know, mm. now I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating that. Like, I'm not saying I've done it, but yeah. you know, it's the principle though. Like, like yeah. where are your priorities? And I know where my priorities are. Absolutely. So, in in a sense, your definitions of di- direct action are much much broader than the almost caricature in the media and stuff like that. Yeah, like I don't think like throwing a brick through a window is make you anarchist. You know, I haven't I haven't broken any windows. You know what I mean? Like I just, but I will try to meet the needs. Like that's yeah. that's that's different. Like the interpretation online and it's perpetuated through like Hollywood and stuff. Like. Mm. That we all think, like, all some sort of incel joker type, like, it's bollocks, mm. like, like, you know, it's not, like, it's, it's not about going out and burning the world down. It's about, like, in, like, in essentially, it's not about going out and destroying everything. It's finding hierarchical institutions mm. and seeing if we can make better ones that are non-hierarchical and then dismantling the old ones. Yeah. Now, you can do that backwards. You can dismantle the hierarchicals first, mm. do you know? But that's like, and this idea of destruction and stuff like that, that's, it's because destructive words are used when we're talking about the state or states mm. or systems mm. because they are hierarchical. Like they don't serve, like it's trickle down, like economics, like it's, it doesn't serve us. Like, What's your um, approach in relation to working with other groups on the left and campaigning? What do you mean by campaigning? Well, I'm thinking about like you know issues like housing. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there's an awful lot on the left of activity on the left around areas like that. Yeah. How many of those? Like, I, I, I like we do a tent. Like we do a tent. Mm. Um, but we don't, we don't organize. Them. Like, no one's going to ask a fucking anarchist to help organize. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. One of these, like, like the cost of living. Uh, coalition like someone's like an ass us to be on that like do you know what I mean they're not going to I don't blame them like you know, but we're not a political party we're not looking for yeah. like votes or we are, we're not trying to win public opinion exactly. but how many how many times have we marched like how many times have we marched down to the dog when why not just take what's there already 166,000 empty empty homes houses like, we're not just talking about buildings houses yeah what's this what's this like why are you asking they're, they're fucking there. Mm. That's the way I see it, personally. It's like, why the fuck are you asking them? They're never going to give it to you. Just take it. Yeah. If enough of you just take it, they can't do anything about it. And maybe then they'll start off in your social homes. Mm. Social mm. housing might become an option because now all these properties have been... Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many times I I am... And I think a, like, I think a lot of us probably agree. But obviously, I can't speak for the, for the group, but... I am so sick of marches, so sick of them, because they just, once you start just doing activism of your own, you start to just stop giving a fuck about the marches. Do you know, exactly. it's good to ha- it's important to have a presence. It is important to show solidarity and be there and march, but it's not the only fucking answer, like, yeah. you know. It's about, it's about taking what's, what belongs to the working class. Yeah. Uh, housing, there are so many, so many empty houses, and I think everyone in this country just just needs to even take a five minute walk and mm. finds at least at least one empty house. 
hundred percent. You can walk through rural Ireland and you'll come across an empty house. Oh yeah, like, that's absolutely. crazy. Like that's madness. How how do we have so many people in the streets, in the cold, possibly dying of not only of hunger, of hypothermia? How can we let them die when the answer is right there in front of our eyes, when we are just taking what's ours, what should be ours? Yeah, like the the way the way like the way I think of it is, like if you're looking at the way investors are treating the country's property market right now, like to them it's a portfolio piece, but for every one of those properties they own that's in their portfolio. There's a family who isn't living in that house. Mm. Do you know, you compound that now to where we're at at the moment. Do you know, like, my, like, we're talking again about priorities. Mm. My priority is for the family who are seeking a home, not for some someone's portfolio. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, I don't care about your portfolio. I never cared about your portfolio. I care about this family. Even if I don't know them, it doesn't matter. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Mm. When we... When we even look at the statistics, for example, Threshold was, I remember this summer, this past summer, uh, reading that Threshold in an hour was dealing with at least three evictions. And this is just in an hour, which is alarming. Yeah, yeah, it's extraordinary. Like if you ring Threshold right now, actually, because I know about this, if you ring Threshold right now, hmm. they might not answer the phone. And it's not because they don't want to, it's because they're dealing with other calls, like, yeah. You know, that's scary. Like, yeah. that's bad. That's really, really. Bad. I don't think. I think because it's a, we're like Jerry. You know, the, like you know the, you know, you know about the frog sitting in the pot of water and it starts mm. to boil. We don't know till it's too late. Yeah, completely. We are now that frog who knows it's too late. It's been boiling. It's been simmering there, like, and now we have the rise of fascism. Now we have a generation who are looking like going abroad. Yeah. We have another generation above them who are houseless, like. And if they don't buy a house in the next 10 years, they will never own a home. And they will constantly be exploited by landlords for the rest of their life. And they know that. Yeah. Like, that's dire. Like. And that's just housing. I could go on about pretty much every... Like, the, the government policy, like, in exactly. Ireland, has been a shambles. Hmm. Everything's been a shambles. Like, transport's in shambles. Healthcare's in shambles. Housing's in shambles. Education's in shambles. Hmm. Farming agriculture's in shambles. It's all in fucking shambles. But if you go down to the street and you ask them what they need and what they want, I guarantee it's achievable. You can just take it. It's there. Yeah. But it's the asking. I'm tired of asking. Like the working, those houses, the working class built those fucking houses. Every stick of furniture in that was built by a working class person somewhere in the world. Mm. So why the fuck isn't ours? When you have a parasite, a parasite class that they have a piece of paper that says they, they have dominion over it. Mm. We already had this dominion situation already and it led to a revolution. And now we're straight back to where we were. Maybe not to the same severity, mm. but we're look like where's it coming? Like how far? Like, how much more this is, is it going? Is going to take? Like how much more the water has to boil for us? Oh, we're how living in more? steam. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Even the food has been farmed by a working class person, mm. and why? Why isn't ours? What attracted you both to anarchism in the first place? What attracted me to anarchism? I'm not actually originally from Dublin. Right. You know, my family in Dublin always did. Hmm. Um, 
but I'm actually from rural Ireland. I grew up in rural Ireland, my wife mm. should say. And what I seen in rural Ireland gave me a picture of centralised politics. For these, for this example, Dublin, mm. the opinion of people in rural Ireland had on Dublin politicians and politicians in general, because they're all Dublin based. The meetings happen in Dublin. Your local politician fucks off the Dublin. Mm. No, and I seen that the politicians in my area were not loyal to the constituents that were voting for them. Mm. They were loyal to the party, mm. and I actually know a person who they—I didn't know they were going to—they were political at all, and um, I didn't know them from a political sense. I just knew, them. and they ended up—it turned out they were running. I was like, "Oh, who are they running under?" And they're like, "Oh, running under Fianna Fáil." So, fuck, like. so I said to them, "Who the fuck are you running under Fianna Fáil for?" <laughs> and uh, she says to me. I'm sure it's the only way to get into politics, being followed from the game. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but to totally sold your soul. Like, you you know for a fact you're not going to be, like, all these policies and all this shit that you're bringing forward to your consistency, you know that's not going to fucking happen. Unless mm. Fianna Fáil says it can. It's not about you anymore. Mm. So your loyalty has now changed from your constituents to Fianna Fáil. And it's still the same. The whole policies, I know the policies that she, she went in with. I don't even know if she's, I think she's out now. And she didn't achieve any of them. Yeah. Nothing that wouldn't have been achieved if she didn't even run it all. Broad shit, like, oh, I want to bring fun, like, uh, on community funds to go to the community centre. Fucking funds are going to go with the community centre no matter what. But other mm-hmm. things, like, do mm-hmm. you know what they never happened? Because the Fianna Fáil didn't want them to happen. Yeah. It wasn't in their agenda, they didn't give a shit. Yeah. And what I found then when I came back to Dublin was, when I came to Dublin, I was expecting to see, oh, Dublin has fucking everything. I heard they have fucking phone chargers on the bus. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We don't even have yeah. a fucking bus. So when I came and I was like, yeah, the phone chargers on the bus. Fuck all else. They're in the same pot as us. Mm. And the narrative I heard then when I was in Dublin, because I, I always had a Dublin accent, the narrative I got then when I was in Dublin was, ah, oh, the cultures get everything. Like, they do fucking not. They get nothing. Yeah. Every, everything you eat on your plate came from a culture. Like, mm. They don't get fucking anything. They don't mm. get nothing. So there's this thing like they're getting it. And then I come here and it's like, actually, no, they're not. And then they're saying they're getting it. I suppose you could say that that pushed me to the left even more. Like, the system of governments we have now isn't actually serving anyone. Mm. doesn't actually serve a very elite few that, until I was later in life, realised who they were. But it serves fucking nobody. So I ended, I ended up falling in um, through protests. Mm. During my time in rural Ireland, of all places, I joined the... Uh, I ended up falling in Socialist Party. I got chummy with them for a while. Right. And then I ended up falling out with them due to different issues and I ended up getting I kind of got pissed off not being horrible hmm. do you know my opinion matter. you're only here whatever time like, fuck, I don't have time for that and later on I ended up falling back in I got hungry for politics again I ended up falling back in with the with the socialist workers party hmm. and I got disgruntled with that as well I found it a bit more of the same difference but much more the same the issues like hmm. so I kind of was a bit disgruntled and Myself in politics. Now I have to remember at this stage I'm a young I'm a young man. Like I'm a man, but I'm a young man. Yeah. And I ended up uh I got disgruntled with everything, like there was recession was ravaging the country, like you know. Mm. Like members of my family and people all around me lost like, and everything like. Mm. Just when they thought they were getting ahead, like they <laughs> lost everything. Mm. And I ended up saying oh, this I couldn't go I couldn't go abroad, I couldn't go to Australia, I didn't have the money in the bank account, I didn't have qualification. Mm. And I was working different. I was working. I was in and out of the security industry, but I was in. An, I was in a very niche side of the security industry, mm. you know. So I met a lot of people who would be doing things that like I wouldn't fucking agree with. It. Like 
like I wasn't doing them, but people were doing like like repossession of cars and stuff like that. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I say, if you're talking like I'm not fucking taking someone's fucking car for what two hundred fifty quid. Yeah, like, you know, but I was I was rubbing shoulders with these lads, and I realised like, how much I don't like them. I was still a socialist, mind you, at this time. Like I would consider myself a communist. Like, hmm. and I was rubbing shoulders with fellas, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, you know, and I kind of went off again and started walking away doing bits and bobs. And but my political ideology was always in socialism, and I always, uh, I was always would consider myself a socialist, broadly speaking. Like. But I came to a point in my life where I was actually really resourcing my politics. And I was like, oh shit, I might be an anarchist. Like. Mm. And I didn't really know what to do with that. Because WSM, for reasons, was inaccessible to me. Like, I didn't I didn't mm. feel like I was academic enough or whatever. But I still had that f- I was very fiery. Like, I was a young man. Like, really mm. fiery. And I came very close. I was made contact with uh, the Reliance of Rojava at the time. Right. And I was very close to going to Kurdistan. Very, very, very close. But whatever happened, there was something going on internally and the communication with them became slow. It was probably something to do with one of the assaults that was going on. There was so many. But I ended up reconsidering. And, but I still kept the politics. I was still like, oh, what's the story of Kurdistan? So I read into it. So I read about the anarchists who went from America mm. to fight in Kurdistan, coming from the UK and coming from Ireland. Mm. And I started realizing, oh, shit, I'm an anarchist. Like, you know, what does that mean? I'm actually a proper anarchist. Like, you know what? Mm. No, I knew I was an anarchist, but I didn't realize what that meant. Like, I knew I didn't like hierarchies. I know I wanted a better system of government. So, yeah, I ended up falling into that. And then during the pandemic, I just, once, like, I was always comfortable knowing there was an anarchist group. WSM is there. Mm. So it's always there. We have a presence. Mm. And once they fell apart, I got really upset. I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. Now there isn't a presence, you know? So um, that's kind of when I started talking to people online. Anarchists wow. in Ireland. Anarchists abroad as well, but. The anarchists in Ireland, obviously, once I met up with, yeah. and we ended up forming what we have now. That's really so. It's a, yeah, that's more about my background. Like, what that probably the way I see things. You know, I'd probably be a bit more aggressive in my attitude towards things because of the upbringing. Like, yeah, you know, I've always been from a working class environment, like whether it be rural or mm. city, like. And there's a strong rural working class. People yeah, there is. There is. But the, the funny thing is about the, the working class in rural communities is they're totally fucking forgotten. Totally, totally fucking forgotten. They don't have yeah. a food bank around the corner from them. Yeah. They need to get to the food bank in the next town or if they're really, if they're out, like outside of town, they need to find food, get to the food bank. And if you need a food bank, the fuel you need to get there, hmm. you don't have. Like you're yeah. totally forgotten. Brian Hanley said about like, you know, these, these pools of radicalism, they're completely ignored in rural areas. Hmm. And it just and it's what you're saying there. It's almost by the nature of the place, but also that prevent that obviously throws up barriers as well for people to be radical. Yeah, they don't know what to do. They've never experienced it. They don't. They probably don't even know what their politics are. They just know they're angry. I'm not saying that about all the ones I met. They wouldn't even be political. They just know they're getting fucked over. Like, yes, but they don't feel like something they can do about it. But there is, and in anarchism, there is like. Hmm. So some socialists might say, "Oh, maybe." If you campaign with the Socialist Party in your area, you might get like that's not an answer for them. But mutual aid, like like helping, like communities, rural communities have to help each other. Mm. 
like everyone's always watching the road who like not and people always laugh when I tell them that like as if they're paranoid but they're not paranoid they're just keeping an eye on each other yeah. and I think in the city we, we don't have that as much do you know I haven't seen John in a few days call down John CZ already there was an old bachelor we call him old bachelor so I don't know if we called him that in Dublin <laughs> old bachelor was the lads who never married or the widow yeah yeah and like people call into to make sure they're okay like, they'd be checked on that wouldn't be an organised thing people would just do it like just check them yeah. Or the pub would always be like where I was, and it would always be, Jesus, where's Pat? Like, you know, here. Like, someone would fly out and see the Pat, right? Like, yeah. Do you know? So that's already there. They just don't have a name for it. Like, they just call it community. But they don't, I don't think they realize other communities don't have that. Like, do you know? I think that's, yeah. I actually never thought about that as much as I did right now. I don't know, Sarah, do you want to talk about where yeah. you came from? Yeah, certainly. That'd be brilliant. Uh, well, I'm not going to say where I'm from, but yeah. uh, I'm not Irish. Um, I grew up in a very working class town and from a working class family. Mm. And I, I'm going to use this word. Uh, the situation itself radicalized me. And at first, I, 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 thought, I thought I was... Uh, I identified myself as a socialist. Now, this was 10 years ago. Hmm. Um, I have been doing activism since then. Um, but I, it didn't quite hit <laughs> what I was still. Hmm. And I remember um, just feeling just completely hopeless and about the situation in general of the world and of my country and just seeing it and lose hope and I think that's when it hit me that I'm not a socialist I'm I'm, I'm actually an anarchist uh, I don't believe in authority I don't believe in hierarchies hierarchies um the power comes from the people and until then i i, I well i didn't read theory <laughs> but i did some activism in my country i also did some activism around europe not gonna say where mm. as well it it just felt like the right thing to do with the like the right thing to feel and I wouldn't say the right thing to feel, but mm. it just came natural in, in some way. That's basically my background. Uh, I think it was very influenced by uh, my upbringing, my town, my family as well, in some way. Mm. And in some way, there was this kind of hope that came with it, mm. because anarchism gave me hope. In, in the sense that, hold on, things don't have to be like this. Things shouldn't be like this. And, and and then when you, when you obviously you arrived in Ireland at some point, and did you gravitate towards anarchist formations here, or was it a sense of waiting for the right time for something to come along? Or uh, Right. Uh, when I came to Ireland, I was uh, looking to continue my activism in some way and, and yeah. being in in anarchist environment I guess yeah. and that's when I met Nestor and we were at the beginning of 
the Irish Anarchist Network. But I, I knew that wherever I go, I have to, I have to do anarchism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In some way, I think that that will be always my my goal. Yeah. No matter where I am, no matter the time, I'll I'll have to help in 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 some way and work towards anarchism. No, I know what you're saying as well. I totally agree. Yeah. Like I hadn't been I hadn't been an organizer. Like now I would be I'd be very active like, you know. But I would it sounds really sad like Sounds really cringe. But I would consider my work with the IAN and the IAN survival, I would consider that my life's work. Right, okay. Just like the, the, commitment, the commitment we have, not that we ask for, but that some of us give. Now, someone could join and they're, not, they're under no obligation to do anything. Hmm. They're just trusted enough that if they want to, we all know them, trust them well enough that they can organize. We know we're on the same page. But some people come in, they just, some of the guys, even the founders, they just, you know what I mean, they come and go, and that's absolutely fine. Like, but I myself agree that that it will be my life's work. Like, mm. It's I, and I've never felt that way about anything. Like it's my life's work. Like, it's something that I'm the most proud of. Yeah. And you do kind of feel like you live a double life because, like, if I could do this full time, like, if I could do this Absolutely. seventy hours a week, seventy hours a week, I'd do it, no problem. If you, if I could, if I could afford to sit on the dole yeah. and just do do this full time, I would. Yeah. Like that's how much that's how much commitment we have for us. Like a lot of us have for us anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it's I like for when I'm an old man, I look back on this. I won't look back on the jobs I have. I don't really care. That just means it's going to end. Mm-hmm. But on working with people and helping people. Now I say help. I don't mean charity. I mean like mm-hmm. like be mutual aid. Like mutual aid is not charity. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I would be charitable. Like, but I want to put people in a position where they can help themselves. I'll help you help yourself. Like teach them how to fish. Like. If you can't help yourself, I want to change your circumstances to which you can. Like. But that's that's really well. That's what I'll. That's what I'll. Like, there's a few loves in my life, and that's one of them. Is this like is the IAN? Like, and even if the IAN fell apart, I'd say the next day I'd be organising something else. With someone else. Oh, absolutely, same. Hundred percent, no my mind. Like, we're not going. We're not going anywhere. Like, for both of you, I mean, you've both had different political paths in a sense into this. Um, where would you see it, say, five or ten years down the line? I mean, is there is there a thing, and I'm not talking about, like, the structure or any of that, I'm just saying, like, in a sense, there's obviously continuity the formation, and that's important, but I presume it'd like to see it get bigger. I mean, that'd be one thing. Does that make sense? And, and... I think I think we're all of the minds. Now, obviously, it can't speak great, but I think we're all of the mind, from what I can gather, that we would rather have, like, ten solid members mm. than have all the members in the world that yeah. just are in and out of it. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, fucking way over 10, like, way over 10 we should start, but we would rather have 10 really solid members. You can do so much mm. with 20 or 50 as opposed to a thousand mm. flakes, like, mm. you know, yeah. I would like to see it grow. At the moment, we're, we're of all different ages as well, which I think is, is a thing that any political movement should be like that's brilliant like I want people who are I'd love to have someone 90 in the mm. group because their lived experience and my lived experience are not the same but mm. that doesn't mean that's that's a benefit to have different colours different ages different sexualities different genders that's fantastic because now you have 
Now you have a thousand dice. You just don't have two. You've like 20 heads, 20 brains. Do you know what I mean? So I think we're getting to that point now where we're recruiting broad spectrum. Like there's anarchists popping up and they're different ages, different backgrounds. From different economic backgrounds as well, like. Mm. You know? And it's given us a much broader way of looking at things. Much bigger ideas. I'd like to see that continue, like. As opposed to growing, um, it's a good question. I would like to see it grow. It has grown a lot. Like, to be fair, we're not a year, we're not a year old. Hmm. No, I think people are talking to us like talking to the dairy book fair and stuff like we're not a year old yet. Like. Do you both, do you, do you organize you organize across the island? Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose so, we do. Yeah. We work. We we try to. Do you mean north and south of the border? Yeah, yeah. We would have connections in Northern Ireland, and we'd have connections. So we don't see the border. You see, this is the thing. Well, like, this is what I was going to say. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't see the border. Like, exactly, no borders. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't give a shite. Like. Yeah. Don't see the border. But that puts us in a unique position because we've met anarchists from that would be living in unionist areas in Northern Ireland. Mm. No? And I can work with them. Like, do you know, like there was, there was anarchists, I won't say who they were, but there was anarchists that we met and we marched with on Bloody Sunday. Yeah. And from unionist areas. And they have a different set of difficulties. Like, yeah. Totally, they find extremely hard to work in their communities and they have to find a way. Yeah. Do you know? And really good experience but they're leftists as well like forced and they wouldn't have a problem going down to the bogside marching with bloody Sunday like yeah. you know because they're against the state and a lot of their neighbours where they're living I suppose would see them as traitors yeah. but they don't because they don't recognise the British state or the Irish government like they don't recognise mm-hmm. either of them they recognise people on the ground these people were killed I'm gonna I'm gonna march with their families in solidarity mm-hmm. then they were killed by a state that I don't agree with, and I'm going to march in solidarity. It was lovely to see, as an experience, to see, because we get a lot of this rhetoric of now with fascism on the rise, mm. of the Irish flag being used as a symbol of like yeah. the right and what's ours, right. and yeah. the, us and them. And then when I was marching with these people, and like some of these people had lost, uh, their loss is, is unmanageable. Like They've lost family members, and it was in their community. Yeah. And I'm marching with them, I'm marching with dissident Republicans, I'm marching with socialist Republicans, I'm marching with Maoists, and like all different spectrums on the left. Mm. And there was LGBTQ flags. Yeah. There was Palestinian flags. There was Ukrainian flag. Do you know what I mean? And because it's one struggle, like, mm. do you know? And I think a lot of people who are like, eh, get them out and all, like, I don't think they realize, like, do you know, the people who actually sacrifice the most know it's one struggle yeah. and you're just a fool yeah. playing a marker like. yeah. so it was refreshing especially for the time that we went it was refreshing yeah. um, I want to add I mean not I mean on the light of the the recent events that we have been seeing uh, throughout the country really uh, this serves the government no doubt uh, because as long as there is a scapegoat, in this case, immigrants used as a scapegoat, this suits them just fine because the guilt is out of mm-hmm. the government. It's okay. really one. We are just fighting uh, mm-hmm. among ourselves, uh, and the far right is just trying to divide us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm living in an area that's heavily affected, mm. and I'm not gonna make the claim that this that racism and 
um, this us and them mentality is new. It's not new. It's not new in the urban or the rural environment. It's not new. Yeah. The way in which it's acceptable is new. Yeah. The way in which it's okay now and it's normal is new. And the, the way communities are addressing this is individual to every community. But the way politics, whether those in government or those on the left, the way they're addressing it, I feel is they're, they're going about it the wrong way. Not to say the community groups are going about it the wrong way. They're doing what they what they're doing, and that's fantastic. Like trying to re-educate and be like, no, mm. this this is wrong for this reason. And like that's great because they're in that community. Mm. But the the talk coming from a lot of politicians is absolute total bollocks. Mm. Like this whole wait and see, and <sighs> the only like I don't know if I said this to you before, but. Like, there's no reason for the incitement to hatred law to yeah. not have come into play from the fucking start. Yeah. Absolutely zero reason. And that hasn't been put into play. The incitement to hatred act has been put into play when it came to burning down things, guard station. Mm. Oh, now it's incitement to hatred. Now the armed guards are there and I'm going to arrest you. And this, and I'm hearing all the time uh, from the left as well, it's like, oh, don't give them what they want. Don't give them what they want. Or giving them exactly what they want. Exactly. They don't want con- confrontation. They don't want it. And we're giving them that. They're like, oh, don't make them markers. Mm. We're not making them fucking... We're telling them they're wrong. Mm. We're confronting them on the street saying, no, this is total bollocks. Do you understand? That's yeah. the way to do it. Like, exactly. we went we went to a couple of rallies and we were told, like, oh, don't be causing trouble. Because, like, look at us, like, silly anarchists, like, we're going to cause trouble. Mm. Do you know? Like, what are you talking about? Like, we're not causing trouble. Like, they're right there saying how we need to burn them out. Like, what the fuck do you think they mean by that? There's an attack in Ashtown. What yeah. do you think they mean by that? What are you waiting to see? They're giving them exactly what they want. They're giving them free reign. Mm. And I find it interesting that the like, inside the hatred hasn't been used until now. So they knew that card was in their pocket. They mm. fucking knew they could use that card. Mm. And it was never played. Yeah. Never played until now. Yeah. It- do you know? Now all they're telling the right is you can do whatever you want once you don't start threatening the guardian. Now you can do whatever you want. Do you know? Like yeah. we went to the march. We went to the march. Uh, not the march. The demonstration. I turned into a march. Um, outside the GPO. Mm. And all credit to the organisers. It was great. But the issue I had was there was an... A demonstration from the far right organized by the Irish Freedom Party. Mm. Like when you see this Ireland says no and Ireland is full, that's the Irish Freedom Party. And or whatever area that says no, it's all Freedom Party strikes. Like Herman Kelly going around swearing was fucking nonsense. Mm. But we were, we were, there was a counter demonstration from Ireland says no and or from we'll call it the Irish Freedom Party because they are the Irish mm. Fascist Party. And they were on comedy stage. And we were chatting amongst ourselves, going, "What's going to happen here? Like, are we going to march to them? Do you think they're going to march to us?" And you know, it was all kind of like, "Yeah, we're kind of talking." Like, meanwhile, we're sardines together on the island on O'Connell Street, like by the spire. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we're not outside the GPO, mm-hmm. which is grand. Like, looks great for optics. Like, cool. and some of our members are on the side of holding banners, and mm-hmm. the organizers, one of the organizers, come down and says, uh, "Drop the banners and link arms." The far right rally is coming down Talbot Street. They're coming here. Mm. So we're like, okay. So we went, we, we gathered our members, we were out chatting, and 
we had a chat, like, what's going on? But I was like, what do you mean? Drop your banners and link arms. Mm. Like, I was like, okay, we'll wait and see what happens. And it was kind of a bit of a, oh, no one showed up, so it might not. And then came around, oh, sorry, they did come around again. The organizers came around again. So, yeah, link arms, link up, very serious this time. Oh, link up. They might have fireworks, link arms. Right. And I was like, this is nonsense. I was just sitting there, and this is fucking nonsense. Hmm. So, we want us to stand here in a sardine tin on link arms while we're getting shook fireworks at and being called fucking God knows what. Hmm. No, that's, you're giving them what they, would you think you're fucking winning doing that? Hmm. Oh, I'm the better man. Bollocks. They're going to spin that online as the weak, liberal, left, snowflake. Do you know what I mean? You're giving them exactly what they want. Exactly. exactly. The only time, the only time I've seen Nationalist Party members, because we have people that monitor Telegram mm. constantly. Like, it's actually outrageous the amount of stuff on it. If anyone ever wants to really know what these people are saying, mm. go on to Telegram, go on to the site and see some of the absolutely mm. vile stuff they're saying. Mm. And uh, the only time we've seen doubts arising, this is actually pre-Telegram. This would have been on Facebook at the time. The only time I saw doubts rising from National Party members was when... Uh, what's the National Party um, leader? What's his fucking name again? That weasel. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Called him, there will not be names, the weasel. <laughs> yeah. When he that. got a milkshake thrown in his face and he was all over Facebook. Mm. That was that was when I seen most people like going, oh, look at the state of this. And, oh, Jesus. Like, that's the leader we need. Do you know? Mm. Now people have forgotten that. And now he's on Telegram again, quoting Mein Kampf. You know, like actually quoting Mein Kampf actively. Like. You made a fantastic point there earlier about like how social media is so much a part of this. And yet, like, nothing's being done. It's like you said no. about incitement to hatred. Nothing's being done. Exactly. Yeah, and it fits into the, but it fits into the narrative. Like, like yeah. you can't, like, the, the guards are not fucking stupid. Like. Mm. You know, people who think the guards are stupid. Mm. Are in for a big, a big surprise. Don't underestimate the ability of the guards. Not that I agree with them. They don't. But do not ever underestimate them. Like. Yeah. They know exactly what, what laws what. They know exactly how to get you for what. Yeah. Do you know, I could pull up to a traffic stop and I could have everything in order. They'll find something. They know what laws what. <laughs> but now all of a sudden they don't know what to do. Mm. The bollocks. Mm. This fits into government narrative. What we have at the moment now is we have a group of people who are taking pressure away, taking news coverage away from the government mm. perpetuating exactly. this idea fucking government has been fucking us the whole time like this the, the housing crisis has been gone how long have we got 15 years has this been building up yeah easily mm. 20 longer you know what I mean like yeah so I'm not saying I'm not getting into conspiracy theories mm. but there's clearly a systematic failure here oh, you absolutely. know and it just happens to benefit those who should be blamed mm. and I just find that extreme suspicious yeah and I don't see how, of all the people getting the blame and, oh, we don't give them what they want, why are they not addressing Facebook? Turn mm. around to Facebook. After all the shit Facebook's been in for this, mm. turn around to Facebook and going, what the fuck are you? They have offices in Dublin. And no one's turning around and going, we need to have a meeting with Facebook. None of these politicians that care about the communities they're supposed to represent are going, we need to have a meeting with Facebook, we need to have a meeting with Facebook. This has all been perpetuated on Facebook. Yeah. Why are they allowing this? Why are they allowing the algorithm to pick this up? Because it fits into the narrative. It doesn't suit them to, to disrupt it now. Absolutely. And I want to remind that even people's inaction and silence is basically a friend of... Because you are just giving them platform. You are just giving them mm. what everything. And even 
in regards with the Gardi, they are protecting the status quo. Yes. The the government itself. So this fits. It mm. fits just fine. Yeah. It fits just fine. You had you have this amount of anarchists out on the street, or this amount of socialists out on yeah. the street. Yeah. You mm. fucking arrest left, right, and centre, and you know it. Anyone listening to this knows it. But all of a sudden now we have to take a stand back. Don't give them what they want. Absolute bullshit. I call absolute bullshit on it. I I you know? even remember, like, for example, uh, at the radical pride, queer people were called by the guards, uh, imprisoned. Not imprisoned. Is that a word? Uh, yeah, they were held in custody. What happened was we jailed. we were at we we attended the radical pride for homes. It was, it was a, mm. a group set up to, uh, as like a bit of a an affront to the gay pride march. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, we remember, yeah, yeah. Because it had been, they felt like it had been, it had been commandeered by uh, capitalists. So like mm. you had like Airbnb marching down the fucking road. You had Angarda yeah. Shea Connor. Yeah. Like fuck off. Like yeah. meanwhile, they Pro- walked past the protest banners. Isn't that the yeah, yeah? The, it was very good. the yeah, organizers did a really, really good job. Yeah. But constantly while we were there, constantly while we were there, we were just parking on the street like pride, like. Road was closed anyway. We're just parking on the street, you know. Constantly being badgered by the guards, constantly, non-stop. Did I mean really non-stop? Mm. The guards came in eventually, and all of a sudden there was a scuffle. Mm. They grabbed a non-binary teenager, no older. They couldn't have been even eighteen, mm. and started slapping them around, and arrest them, huddled them into a corner, and all the guards came around in a circle, encompassing them against the wall, and we were all losing our marbles. Do you know, it was a very charged environment to do that in, like, mm. and there was mm. screaming and shouting and pulling and heaving and hoeing, like a mini riot was going on. Because it's showing it's no way, because the child was drinking a can. The teenager was drinking a can of drink. Right. So they threw slaps and arrested them right. and pushed us all away and punched us and kicked us and brought them to the police station and held them. Where was that level of reaction whenever the right do something? That was just having a crack, like. Where was that level of reaction? Where was that aggression? They showed absolute contempt for us. Like, for what? For for a protest. Like, And then they're saying this, the same amount of people that are protesting to, and then calling for burnout refugees. Mm. And they see absolutely no resistance whatsoever. Like, But we saw resistance. We're saying, hey, maybe Airbnb shouldn't be marching. Maybe the guards shouldn't be marching. Maybe they're not the best representations of the LGBT community. Yeah. Not only that, the fact that they are there is, it's just uh, capitalism taking over a thing that because back in the day they would shoot us on sight or abuse the fuck out of us mm. now that capitalism dims it as cool as uh, now you're a marketing gives, strategy mm. yeah it, now exactly mm. now we are a marketing strategy and now, in 20 years or 30 years if these right wingers win because these right-wingers are giving out for trans people, making trust to trans people, gay people, people women's yeah. rights, women autonomy. Yeah. They were giving out about this before. Apparently. These are the same people. They have the same views. In 20 mm. years, just for argument's sake, they take power. Mm. Do you think Airbnb is going to have a queer flag hanging? Will they? Fuck. <laughs> They're no more an ally than my eye. It's not happening. Mm. They're using everything as a source of a fucking revenue. It's disgusting. Exactly. So we affront that and we are assaulted, but then you have... You see what I mean? You see where the anger comes from? Like, mm. See where the resentment comes from here? Like. And I'm a young fella. Like, when I was a young fella, I would have been attacked by the Gardaí. I was attacked twice by the Gardaí. Yeah. You know, for, I mean, for fuck all. Like, mm. For very, you know, I was, I was being a little, maybe was being a little bollocks. 
but I didn't deserve like that level of trauma. Like. Yeah. And now I see lads threatening to burn out refugees, saying things about trans people, calling the pedophiles. Yeah. Like pulling stuff out of their arse. Like. Yeah. Nothing done about it. Absolutely zero. These are terrorist threats. Do you know? And if yeah. the flip side was made, if I was sitting online making threats at right wingers, I'm going to go to such and such house and I'm going to burn it down because he's a right winger. Mm. Be fucking arrested overnight. Do you know? Yeah. I just find it weird. Well, we know that the government won't do anything. I think that's a given. Honestly. No. No, communities, uh, have, left, communities have been left. Like, you're, we're not talking about, when we're talking about protesters here, because I'm from one of the areas affected, we're not mm. talking about a majority protesters yeah like like we're talking about a small minority you're probably talking about 0.2 percent of the population are going out yeah. and protesting yeah. they're running fucking riots mm. they're scaring people like mm. nothing done about it those that other 99.8 like, percent of people in the communities left to go fuck don't not our problem as far as the government sees it not our problem they can sort it out themselves to see where this, like, see where this is, this is only, like, this is only perpetuating the idea of, like, silence is violence, like, mm. they, like, eventually, like, if this continues the way it does, like, this is going to end in death, like, someone is going to die, like. Yeah, yeah. And mm. who's going to step up if the, if the, if the government wants? Mm. You're leaving it down to communities, like. Mm. You know, who, who do well, not already, have... They're vulnerable already, the communities, there's been years of you know, hysteria. Imagine the fear. Imagine the fear of being placed. You're yeah. taken. You're, you've you fled a country because your your safety was in concern, mm. and then you have some dickhead making threats. He's going to burn you out. And you finally thought mm. you were safe. Yeah. Like we we like we know that this is suspicious because like this suits the government narratives. Like maybe they'll start ringing home saying, "Oh, don't come to Ireland. It's not safe." Or maybe they'll leave and like you know, mm. like this is kind of what direct provision was kind of like built up as like do you know mm. it was like yeah you can come to Ireland but you have to go to basically a prison yeah. do you know a deterrent like we know that that's there is no reason for it to exist like yeah. we know that and the proof is in the pudding because Ukrainians came over and they don't have to sit in prison centres mm. so why the mm. fuck were they in the first place because mm. they know their toxic environments they know they're horrible and they know the world is watching yeah. and if the world is watching them they see Ireland fucking them into fucking prisons Jesus yeah. Christ like how bad does that look? Yeah. Exactly. That's, and, ex- and that's that- the only reason that those recognitions exist and they should be fucking abolished. They're a disgrace. Yeah. And all, the, all else they've done is they've, they've, all else, they've segregated the communities from the refugees. Like, mm. Communities can't actually embrace them properly like, mm. because they're at the recognition centre. Like, yeah. Do you know? They're not next-door neighbours. They're not in the apartment above me. Yeah. Do you know? I'm not chatting to them in the corridors. Like, now they're in the recognition Now they're different. Yeah. Another thing that I want to bring into this as well is the fact that most of the far right now has been using the discourse about our women are Mm. not safe, which is hilarious at this point, because uh, when it was the Irishman, and I'm pretty sure if you talk with any woman in Ireland, and I'm just right now, I'm just focusing on Ireland. Mm. I'm pretty sure every woman, or at least 
almost every woman has a story to tell about how their household was just abusive, how mm. about our Irish men are abusive towards mm. women and how, how even because this is also a systemic issue and it's rather, rather hypocritical. We, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. When we never felt safe going at night, yeah. whatever, even during the day, we don't yeah. feel safe. And it's not because men from other countries are coming. We never felt safe with Irish men. Yeah. It's as clear as water. Like this mm. is that. And when we look back, for example, just 20 years ago, we have the, the case with the, uh, about the laundries. Mm. <laughs> Which ones and... we brought back by the Nationalist Party, they've said that. Don't we brought back? <sighs> so who the fuck is protecting women now? They're protecting their ideal image of a woman. Yeah. Which is not the same fucking thing. Well, it's what you say, Sarah Null, as well. Like, it's just, it's, there's a level of hypocrisy there, which is But impossible. they know it's bollocks. They know it's a fucking game. Do you know what I mean? But they're winning. Because it's very powerful. It's amazingly how powerful that gendered kind of discourse is. Unfortunately. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, it's one of the things that makes it difficult to counter is, you know, the, the left are understandably not going to be willing to simply use the throw any shit out there and see what works approach in the same tactical way. As oh, yeah. Keep throwing shit. Something will eventually stick. Yeah. If you keep throwing it, it'll, something will stick. I mean, consistency, is, coherence is yeah. irrelevant to that process, you know? 100%. This is what we had when when like, when they go out and basically do a modern-day queer bash. They're going mm. out hassling the trans community during their marches. Which mm. is what they're doing. They're doing that now. Yeah. This is an issue. Like this is, And nobody's talking about it. This yeah. is an issue now. And they're going out and they're throwing shit, being like, oh, they're, they're pedophiles. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. I had two friends who were molested. They weren't molested by a trans woman. They were molested by an Irish man. Yeah. So fuck right off out with that. Like. Even if we look at the statistics, for example, of I last year there were, and this w was the reported ones. Mm. <laughs> so there's yeah. many more. Uh, there were at least two thousand and seven hundred and seventy cases of sexual assault. And this is just in a year. That's underreported ones. It's grim, isn't it? Yeah. Doctor it's grim. It's very grim. Yeah. It's really grim. But we can't we can't address these issues now because we're being attacked from the other side. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And 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 it's a tactic. It's it's the old tactic of flood the zone of 100%. shit. You know what I mean? So 100%. so everybody's off their balance all the time because and as you guys are saying, both of you Sarah Nil and Esther, like I mean there's so many other issues I have to be dealt with, but it's just like there's no time to do it almost at this particular point. Now we find time. Some things, some yeah. things like you just fucking you just have to ignore them. Like it's just, just bollocks. Yeah. But there, like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's difficult. It's 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 a subject you could probably talk about all day. Yeah. Do you know, and there is solutions there. And like I said, the community, the members of that community, going out and engaging with them. Yeah. And I know it's like it's really, really fucking hard, mm. you know, and it's fucking scary. Like, mm. but like, what you're doing, even if you put a leaflet in their hand and say what you're saying isn't true, and they rip it up and fucking out, and they call you a prick and they walk away, you've 
confronted. Someone has said to them, what you're saying is wrong. And they might not listen to it, but they might listen to it when they hear it for the 15th time. Mm-hmm. Do you know? You are making, it is helpful. Like, Yeah. Now, we're standing at the spire, maybe getting fucking fireworks thrown at us. Don't know how fucking helpful that is. Yeah. But, you know, there is ways in which like, we can, like, help this situation, like, where we can relieve some of the tension and, like, actually pull facts and information. Like, they're going on, like, this conversation. They're going on a conversation about refugees isn't happening in Ireland. Mm. And it is happening, just they're not fucking listening. Mm. Because every time they say something or try to contribute to the conversation, they're contributing shit. And everyone's been telling them, that's a lot of bullshit. Mm. We're not going to act like what you're saying is true because it's not. And then they're disengaging from the conversation. And they're going off having their own conversation online. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. That's creating this cesspool of fucking echo chambers. Like. Yeah. So, so in that sense, you think it's a pushback at community level, a pushback just, just solidly, slowly but surely, keeping at it, determined effort just to get facts into people's heads and hopefully... Yeah, like, I'm of two minds, personally. Like, like these people who are engaging with this online and they're going out onto the street mm. and they're shouting out the windows at, like migrants and like so we've all seen crazy shit online like these people are angry and they have a right to be angry mm. do you know now they've been totally misguided as to who the fuck to be angry with yeah do you know and that needs to change yeah but when you have behavior like this that's dangerous yeah. you need to tackle the dangerous behavior first while also working on deprogramming the situation like like what why did you do that what what was told to you and how that isn't true yeah do you know you you can't do one or the other you have to kind of do both yeah absolutely we are we're trying to like there is communities that do an absolutely fantastic job engaging with them the same way this isn't true and mm. but we have nobody scalding going that what you're said there is fucking disgusting and it's not acceptable yeah and it won't be it won't be accepted we have no one saying that we have no one saying if you throw fireworks into this crowd, there's going to be serious repercussions. Like, we have no one saying that. Yeah. We have no one saying that if you go down to the camp and you you attack them, there's going to be like you're, there's going to be serious repercussions. Like, no one is saying that. Yeah. So it needs a bit of like that's the way I feel about the situation. I'm sure people that are working from other sides, like community workers, will say different because they grew up with these people. But mm-hmm. if a dog bites, the dog is biting you. You need to recognize the fact the dog is biting you, and the dog is going to do serious damage if you let it keep biting you. Like, like, I'm thinking about it from the perspective of, like, they're coming for the immigrants now. They've come for the trans before. They've come for women's rights before that. Like, all these issues are going to start coming back in. They have, they have the hooks in. Do you know what I mean? They have the hooks in these people about immigration. Now they're going to start off with, let's protect women, protect women, protect women. Next is going to be protect children. Next is going to be protect the, the babies, the unborn babies. Do you know, now we're just fucking regressing. I'm worried about those people. I'm not... I'm, I, I pity... The just going out onto the road screaming profanities at a guard station and saying they're going to burn down refugee centres. I pity them. But I, my major concern is for vulnerable people who are in the crosshairs. Like, And we need to really shut this down. Like, This needs to stop like, fucking now. Like. Yeah. And what we're doing so far is stopping it. Exactly. That's just the way I feel about it. Yeah, but, but it's now and it has to be now. It has to be now. We can't let any other, any more seconds of it uh, like we say in my language, uh, uh, it should have been yesterday. Where does the Irish Anarchist Network 
you know, there's some issues which you're also going to be involved in, and if you would like to talk about Well, that. we're going to have the book fair coming up. So our uh, anarchist book fair will be in May, in the 20th, right? 20th of May, yeah. Yeah, 20th of May, um, in the teachers' club. Um, we try to, we, we're on the committee, so we're working with, like, like a lot of people that are on the committee hmm. um, are from the Irish Anarchist Network. But there's people on it who like aren't, you know, and yeah. they're just anarchists. Um, we decided to go about it a little bit differently than we've done a few years before, because um, we haven't had one in years. So we're trying to focus uh, more so on uh, campaigns. So if we find that the yeah. fairs can be very academic as well, and we'd like to like give uh, campaigns and stuff that we agree with, well, not that we agree with, but we'd be mm. on the same page on certain subjects, um, a platform um, to maybe give out information or get some funding together by selling materials. Um, we have like uh, Sliella, they're coming. We have uh, Trans Pride, Trans Sex Pride Dublin is coming. I don't have anything written down, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, so I forget yeah. anyone. <laughs> if I forget anyone, I'm sorry, or either they haven't performed by the time of record. Um, <laughs> we have ourselves, I think we have uh, McCram Ireland, which are a mutual aid group. Right. Um, McCram, you know McCram? Like, they make stuff. They're a craft group. They make stuff and they use the money from mutual aid projects. Oh, really interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, we have a few groups coming. I think this small trans library is coming as well. I threw it all up on the Instagram. If anyone's interested, it's Dublin Anarchist Book Fair on Instagram. Yeah, but we have we have a few people now performing. It should be quite the affair, to be honest. So, so in a way, that functions as on the educational side of the. It does as well. Yeah, participation 100%. in it. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. But it's also like trying to reach out to people who are politically driven in the yeah. direct action mindset as well. Like, you know, they can't find any fucking political parties out of it. Like, yeah. um, but you'll find a lot of people who are on the ground doing the work, like, you know, and they don't get any thanks. They're doing the work because it matters to them. Yeah. You know, so it's a good way of connecting those people, not just to us, but to each other and to members of the public who want to come along as well. Before we sort of finish up, maybe you can tell people how they can get in touch if they're interested in the network and finding out more. Um, you can get in touch through our Instagram or our Twitter. Um, you can kind of be kept up to date on like, stuff that we've done. Like, not all of it is up. We don't put up everything. But yeah. there's a good chunk of stuff there. Um, it's the it's at Irish Anarchist Network. Pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Twitter is uh, Akrata Ireland. Uh, it will be linked, I think, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I just want to give a quick shout out. There's a, a squat as well seeking uh, funding. Mm-hmm. And you can find them if you can get in touch with them via the Instagram and DM them if you can give a donation. And that is Macabra. Okay. So Macabra uh, on Instagram. You can get in touch cool. with them. They're uh, all trans squat. They're really interesting. They're doing good work. Brilliant. I appreciate nice. your support. We'll stick all those in the notes then. This, yeah, listen, we just want to say thanks a million to Sarah and and to Nestor, both of you, for coming on and talking uh, about both your own experiences and about the IAN. And uh, it's been fascinating. Yeah, so really appreciate it. Thanks thank so much for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you.